Welcome back to Movie Briefs. This week, we're honestly and truthfully breaking down Jim Carrey's Liar Liar. Stay tuned to hear Aaron's love for Jennifer Tilly, my enduring loyalty to 90s icons boys to men, and help us answer the question, where are all the Maxes? We've also got hot coffee, burglar booby traps, and why sometimes you just need to settle. All that coming up right now on Movie Briefs. Because it's devastating to my case! You're out of order! The whole trial is out of order! You got into Harvard Law? What, like it's hard? By law, you're entitled. It's called disclosure, you dickhead. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! What is up, Aaron? Um, <laughs> yes. First of all, we've recorded... How many podcasts do you think we've recorded between Heaving Bosoms and Cigarette Burns and Movie Briefs and everything? I don't know, like 10? Is that like... That feels right. Is that crazy? No, that feels yeah. right. How can we not count right? Like, you guys didn't get, aren't going to get to hear this. <laughs> I know you've heard it on some other episodes. It's not a joke we do at the beginning of other episodes <laughs> to, like, start out quippy. I want you to know... We totally <laughs> fucked up counting, like, what, three times before we got it right today? It's not hard. <laughs> I I just want you to know, I don't know how it goes with Jed, but Melody and I have never counted correctly either. So I think that the common denominator denominator here might be Aaron. With, <laughs> Let's put it out with there. With Jed, I will say it, it definitely goes more clinical. Hmm, yeah. So That makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I think it's me. I think I'm the problem, and that's fine. I don't care. No, it's fine. I, <laughs> I, I, it's, it's, it's part of the, you know, the, whole, the whole show we get here, so you're welcome, guys. I'm sure it comes as a complete surprise to you that I'm both self-aware and unwilling to do anything <laughs> about it. If I wanted to fix it, I'd fix it, but I don't see a need to fix it, so I'm not going to fix it. I don't it. care. Yeah. It doesn't hurt me. So I'm not going to. What'd you get? Hey, can we keep this to like a cool hour this time? Do you think maybe like a regular podcast length? I mean, there's no evidence to suggest that that's possible, but it's certainly <laughs> a goal. I appreciate you just throwing goals at the wall. Like, hey, maybe one of these will stick. Like, let's do a really smart, intelligent podcast. That one fell off the mm-hmm. wall. Okay. But <laughs> getting this thing in, in in an hour, let's let's do our best. Although I do have to, before we get into... Liar, yes. liar today. I have kind of a thing that, I don't know, you're probably going to roll your eyes, but I'm used to that after 20 years. So <laughs> I've had kind of a shitty couple of weeks, just professionally. Uh-huh. Not that things are uh-huh. going poorly. It's just like cases you don't like and Me clients. too. I've had a shit Yeah, it's just been awful. And you probably recognize that as my like texting has gone down. Like I'm not, I'm not talking to anybody the last like couple of weeks. It's just stressful and bad. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm shooting the shit with somebody in court the other day and somehow we get onto music and they were like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you know what, like growing up, like what, what's your favorite music? I'm like, honestly, growing up, uh, my favorite music Boys then, exactly like Rockapella, my, my favorite music <laughs> then is still my favorite music. And I tell them unabashedly, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, Boys to Men all day long. Like I've never, I've listened to more Boys to Men than any other music probably combined. And he looks at me and he's like, 
oh, do you mean like ironically? And I almost lost my shit. So (laughs) for you listeners out there. This is becoming a boys to men pie. I thought we were going to talk about a law story. No, no. Fuck that. I'm not getting into any of that (laughs) shit uh, this week. So for everyone out there. I love boys to men, not ironically, because you don't need to ironically love the greatest R&B group of the 90s, okay? They're the best, and I love them, and they're incredible, and fight at me all day. I will fight this fight all day, every day, okay? No one's fighting you. Everyone that's here has learned. So don't I was so <laughs> don't come at me. I was so mad. Like I'm standing in court and I just like I, I don't want to talk to this guy anymore. Like ever. Not today. <laughs> ever. I never want so Matt, I don't Do want to see you anymore. You think he did this on purse? I don't want to see you anymore. Don't approach me in court. Don't come at me with anything. Don't ask me to help on anything. You're cut. Uh-huh. You're out. It's done. Uh-huh. Um I do you think this is po- it's possible that he knew this and this was an intimidation technique to throw you off your game for the rest of the day? You're like, I can't even, I can't argue. I'm not prepared. I need a continuance. That would be an incredible, that, that would be an incredible compliment to my legal skills that they were like, there's nothing legally we can do to throw this guy off his game, but here's what we can do. <laughs> Let's throw a little Motown Philly sizzle at him to see if all of a sudden he forgets words. Ah, oh, God bless. <laughs> Anyway, uh, welcome to Movie Briefs. We actually have a law movie to talk about. Welcome. Um, law movie. Yeah, so there's your Boys to Men minute. You're welcome. Liar, liar. Liar, liar today. Like, I I love this movie. I have not seen this movie since <laughs> I was, I don't know, 13. So this was, a, this was a real eye-opener for me. I have not seen this since it came out, I think. So that is not the case for me. I've seen it. 30 times maybe um because it's a quick watch like it's an easy throw on and it's like a buck 20 Mm -hmm. but what was your what was your overall take just on the movie before we get to the law stuff well like the thing that i kept thinking about most was i feel like there's there's been a question in the back of my mind for a long time of when jim carrey took an acting class and this movie (laughs) answered it for me because it was (laughs) It was sometime between the summer of 1997 <laughs> when this came out and the summer of 1998 when the Truman Show came out. <laughs> I like there's no Now I know. There's no way to prove this. I'm sorry guys, you're just going to have to take the trust you have for me as a person. <laughs> Uh, and believe what I'm getting ready to say, because as I was... I think they trust you more than I do, so... Sure, that's... Go ahead, go for it. That's why I'm talking to them. This is not for you. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. I'll turn my head off. Last night, as as Jess and I were rewatching it, and you're getting all of that classic, like that run Jim Carrey had in the 90s. He was just, like, unstoppable. It was all very, very funny. There's obviously some problematic jokes in this movie, without question, and we're probably Mm -hmm. not going to get into a ton of that, because that's not the point of this show, but there's... As you look back at almost all comedies, there's definitely stuff in there that even then you should have been like, whoa, we don't need to take the guy's hair off and, you know, do some really... We don't need to fat shame everybody all the time. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's definitely problematic jokes. But then he gets into the, like, the really deep dramatic scenes with Maura Tierney. and, And I literally looked at Jess last night and I was like, I guarantee... He went and did some workshopping before Truman Show because he's very good in the Truman Show. But I, I said yes. the exact same thing. I was like, 
He's so bad He's in just, this. just, ooh. Ah. <laughs> it's rough. Not great. It's not great. No. Um, but anyway, I'm glad we had the same thought. Yes. I guess that was that. that's what he I was trying said, to I I found a thing where he said that he did... He did an interview where he said that he did this movie because he wanted to play a normal guy for once. Sold. <laughs> he didn't. No. He didn't succeed. No. Although, <laughs> he didn't do that. in his defense, 97, let's say start 92, 93 with uh, In Living Color, Ace Ventura, The Mask, Ace Ventura 2. Um, this is as normal as it got in that period. This is... Oh, yeah. yeah. He came off of Cable Guy, I think, yeah, and did this. Yeah. So, I mean... Um, did you know, sorry, I have a little bit of trivia. This was originally written with a gender swap and Goldie Hawn was once attached to this character. So, yes. Riddle me with the gender swap. Who's? Uh, she would be playing the Jim Carrey character, Goldie Hawn. Oh, you just mean, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I thought you meant like within. Like more, more the more a tyranny person was a man okay. and the Jim Carrey character was a woman. I thought you meant it was like a. At the beginning of the movie, the wish was, I wish mom was more like dad. Oh, no, and no, 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 no. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay. No, I just mean the roles were written differently. That, that, I, Isn't that kind I of, would have watched the that, shit that out of that. would be a better that. movie. Yeah. <laughs> also, uh, Steve Martin turned it down, which is also a movie I'd watch the shit out of. See, that one, oh, man. Because I, lo- I, like, honestly, I love this movie with its faults. Part of it is nostalgia for me. But as a, I think this is the first time I probably watched it as a lawyer. I think it's yes. been a while since I watched it because I was shocked I didn't own it. I feel like I owned it mm-hmm. and lost it or owned it on VHS or something because we had to rent it. There is so much, and we'll get into it, like inner lawyer monologue that is so much funnier to me now that mm-hmm. I kind of mm-hmm. probably just laughed at back in the day because he was making faces and jumping all over the place. But, right. you know, for instance, when he's in the court and he knows he's got a shit case that, you know, we're going to get into the ethical shit about lying, I'm sure, but... Like, yeah. oh, he offered you $2.4 million. Settle. Settle it now. Settle it right now. We will settle. <laughs> My favorite one is the continuance where she's just like, because I really, 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 really want one. <laughs> anyway, okay, we'll get yeah. into that later. Yeah, so, all right, we're starting. Yeah. We've got the cute the cute kid that's in all the stuff. We've got him. He's got the haircut. A lot it's of hair. The long lot of kid volume. haircut lot of, good. of the late 90s. <laughs> yeah. He has more of Tierney's and hair he's... in this movie. They just made a wig of her hair <laughs> and put it on the kid. <laughs> well, she's his mom. But they have the teacher, and she's asking all the kids what their parents do for a living. Don't do that. It's humiliating to some kids. Don't do yeah. that. And the kid is like, my dad's a liar. And then she's like, oh, you mean a lawyer? And he was like, okay. Which <laughs> Is that the best lawyer joke you've ever heard, though? Because they're all pretty bad. But I'm like, you put this in a kid, I laughed. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. I appreciated it. Anyway. Yeah. All right. So we clip to Jim Carrey. He's coming out of the courthouse. People are like, good job at, at your lawyer times, Fletcher. And he's like, another victory for the wrongfully accused, super well, sarcastically, which I very much enjoyed. You know who he said that to, right? No. So that was Chris Darden walking up the steps. Oh? Yes. So the lawyer who's walking up the steps and he says, another victory for the wrongfully accused. And the guy goes, yeah, right. And keeps walking. That was Chris Darden. Oh, okay. Which is funny for that time because I think Chris was still a, a DA at the time. He then transferred to being a defense attorney. Uh, I didn't even get this. I read a lot of trivia for this. Yeah, that's Chris Darden. Um, okay. And, and I'll say this. I, you know, 
I, I just recognize him. He's he's still a lawyer around. He actually has some. I've seen him in court. Um, oddly enough, whoa, look at the Hollywood over I'm, here. I mean, I'm that. not gonna say I didn't. I wasn't at some point in Judge Ito's court. Whatever. Um, wow. Yeah, wow. Just, it is. Hmm. It is what it is. Um, I've been on a lot of high-profile cases. I just don't like to talk about them. See, so. I do. That's the difference. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, he's a defense attorney now. Uh, and, oddly enough, not the greatest rep um, as far as a uh, defense attorney. So, huh. it appears that Didn't he has know. the same rep he had as a DA. I don't know. Um, <laughs> right. Um, okay, so somebody wants to talk to him. He says, I can't talk today. It's my day to be with my son. And then somebody's like, the reporters want to talk to you about your big win. And so he's like, okay. <laughs> and then goes and talks to the reporters. Super accurate lawyer there like that. I know a hundred of those guys. So, I mean, I'm those guys. Well, I, like, and the funny part is like, it's... 20 minutes late to, ta- to see your son. I mean, it, yeah. It's also part of the job, sadly. Like, Yeah, I, that's part it, of it. It is. And I know that sounds slimy, but it's it's true. Yeah, I, I made the note here, like, not that bad of a guy, no. but, like, it gets Well, it's not, it's not like it's um, going to be a three-hour interview. It's going to be a three-minute right. hit for local stations with four uh, microphones in your face. And you're like, yeah, this is what happened, and the jury got it right, and this was, you know, it, it's it's great to see an innocent man go free, and that's all you're going to say. Yeah, and then you leave, and you're 15 minutes late. Yeah. No big deal. Anyway, but he is 15 minutes late, and it is a very big deal. Got a question for you, and I know yes. this is kind of a different pod, but there's some issues timing-wise. What time do you think it was when he was leaving court? Oh my god, there's so much timing issues in this. Movie. Okay, so I don't. You know. caught on to him too, right? Because you think it's like the end of the day. Like I got to go see my kid. There's a there's a moment when he's having sex with the with the partner, and he's on the phone with uh, his wife, his ex wife, and it's day where she's at yep. on the other side of L.A., and it's night where he is. And the wish comes at eight fifteen p.m., which is like right after the phone call. Yeah. Yeah. And anyway, well, th- this is obviously it's a work day because he's in court. Uh, shocker. Right. So we're not in court on the weekend. And mm-hmm. he ends up going over, being 15 minutes late, and picks up his kid and then takes the kid to the office. Mm-hmm. And the guy with the zit on his nose is asking him for a lunch order. So he won a case. Oh. He wins a case at like apparently 8.45 in the morning. So apparently the judge just got on the bench and said, we're done here. It's Fletcher Reed. Go get your kid I mean, in the middle of a school day. Yes. From the house. Take him to uh-huh. work. I don't yes. it was just all I was very confused. I, I will say I've I've definitely had juries deliberate overnight or a judge deliberate overnight and then issue a verdict first thing in the morning. I'm not gonna that's say that that's me. impossible. It's But the rest of it is nuts. Yeah. It, all the other things you said, but the other thing can happen. You can win a case at eight AM. Oh, you could absolutely do it. You cannot do it in CCB downtown Los Angeles. I can promise you that. Uh, because <laughs> then, the judges are not coming like juries aren't gonna get there till nine. Even if they put it together, you read the verdict and everything, you're still out at, you know, ten forty five. So Fair enough. Anyway. Okay. Anyway. So um Tight okay. hour. Tight hour. Come on. We're doing a tight hour today. So instead of just like telling them the truth that he got caught with some reporters and he needed to do a quick interview, he says that he got like tacked by gangs and it gets like kind of racial for a little bit. Yeah. Um, And it was like, oh, the stupid, I ran out of gas. It's like, just say you were in court. Yeah. He ran, oh, yeah. He ran out of gas in like a bad neighborhood and then he says some stuff about gangs or something. Glad I was wearing my neutral gang colors. Just really bad. Yeah. Just not great stuff. 
But what I wanted to say about this is that his ex-wife is like, well, they wouldn't attack you, Fletcher. You're their lawyer. Um, which is incorrect. Yeah. I feel like most death threats you get are from your own clients. Yes, totally <laughs> I feel like the majority of death threats come from people who are, you are genuinely trying yeah, to help. You get a lot of, you know who I am and what I can do, right? You know who I know. Like, you know I'm the, yeah, a lot of yeah. that, yeah. But also, like, from, from our side, it's like, you know I'm the only person trying to help Everyone you, Everyone else right? wants you like, to go to jail. Like... This isn't, yeah, this isn't endearing me to you <laughs> in any way. Anyway. Um, yeah, so, and he just, like, this guy is the worst. Like, I didn't remember how, like, the worst he yeah, was. Like, the ex-wife kisses her boyfriend, and he's like, um, image deleted in my head. Like, he's super annoying and the worst, and he's, like, doing sex noises at her. And, like, he's so annoying. And he's the, he's the classic stereotype and and you know i'm not sure because i my parents never they didn't get divorced so i didn't have like this dynamic but it, it does seem to be a stereotypical like cool dad with the kid but then just a total asshole to everybody yeah. else but the kid's young enough that he doesn't recognize that his dad's being a shit right yeah but i don't know in what world this woman takes him back he's super annoying and awful yeah um okay so then we clip to the partner miranda talking to Fred, one of the attorneys, and he's saying, I cannot, I can't do this case because you want me to lie. And I can't lie on the record. I will defend her aggressively and ethically, but I won't lie. And then Miranda, the partner, is like, then we will get somebody who will lie. And it's very uh, foreboding yeah. and very cryptic. And, and also um, uh, probably a lawsuit for him. Uh, <laughs> yeah. probably filing a grievance, a lawsuit and saying I had work and, uh, you know, opportunities taken away from me because this partner wanted me to lie and I wouldn't. And then, uh, it, like right. that's, don't do that. I mean, don't do that in general yeah. ethically, but it's also, that's a lawsuit. Yeah. Fred's right here. I guess we can talk about it now. Um, not being able to tell a lie for a day shouldn't really hurt a lawyer any more than any other person in any profession. Right. There's nothing about my day. Actually, I do spend time telling a lot of clients, like, I'm going to be asking you questions. I'm not searching for an answer. You need to tell me what happened. And if you can't answer the question or you don't know the answer, you don't have to guess or make something up. Like, I'm not, I'm not trying to clue mm -hmm. you in to saying something. I'm not doing that. I'm asking you a question. That's all. Mm -hmm. um, and it's it's weird how often I feel like I need to make that clear because they'll look at me and be like, are you saying that I should say, no, I'm not saying anything like that. Mm -mm. No, no, no. <laughs> Let's stop right there. Um, I'm asking you to tell me what happened. Yeah, that's, that's what I need to know. Um, we will now, I think that maybe this is a question worth answering. Do you think that there's a confusion, particularly with sort of the stigma that goes around defense attorneys and really defense attorneys um, in criminal or a civil aspect uh, that people think devising a defense to avoid certain facts, they conflate that with lying? Yeah, I think so. I think I think they think when a defense attorney gets up and says, you know, my client didn't whatever, kill his wife, because this could have happened, this could have happened, this could have happened, that those reasonable doubts that they're throwing out are actually lies that they know to be lies. And it's like, 
friends, at the end of the day, no one knows right. if, you know, like no one knows for a fact what happened in any of these scenarios. Your whole job is just to say, here are possibilities right. you know. that could be reasonable doubts in this case. They're not lies. Right. And they if, are possibilities. And if, the, if they're not real possibilities, they're not good arguments. You shouldn't be saying exactly. Them. And I think, too, you know, when it comes to, well, the defendant, and I've heard this from plenty of juries that it totally pisses me off, but like, well, you know, we wanted to hear from the defendant and we didn't. And you're like, well, that's great, but he's not required to do that. And not having him testify is not lying. It's not, it's, mm -mm. it's not withholding. It's saying, hey, we don't have the burden of proof. I don't have mm -hmm. to prove shit to you. The people or the petitioner in a, you know, in whatever, or the plaintiff in a case has to prove up their case. And if they don't do it, not my fault. And it's not me lying because I don't jump up and say, oh, uh, actually, they forgot to put on evidence of, <laughs> right. of this. If they if they would just put this up, then they'd have it, but they didn't do it. Not, not my job. No, if it was cagey and obstructionist and lying to not testify in your own defense, it wouldn't be a constitutional right, right. to remain silent. Exactly. Exactly. So, um, but here it's it's very clear cut. She's asking these lawyers. She wants to yeah. out and out lie, and that is uh, outside the bounds. And, and really, it takes spectacularly shitty lawyers. I know they're out there that lie all the time and have no problem with it. But it's not nearly, in my estimation, as pervasive as I think popular culture makes people think, or just the general public thinks. No, because. The threat of the threat of lying. I mean, you're an officer of the court. the The threat of lying before the tribunal or to the judge or you know whatever, however you want to call it, is your job. Like, if you misrepresent something in like a, a like a, a a direct way, like something you know to be a lie. I mean, you could you could lose lose your license. Absolutely, and and I think that is probably the biggest legal lesson from this movie. And obviously, we're gonna move forward and get to these legal beats, but. The, con the more I thought about, like, how do we want to structure this episode or what, what legal concepts do we want to talk about, I think fleshing out this idea of what is a lie mm -hmm. is very, very important because if you're not willing to understand what everyone's job is and what everyone's function is in the course of a case, it's very simple to think, well, because you don't say X, it's a lie, or because you don't do Y, it's a lie, and it's like, again not my function. Like it's not the DA's job mm -hmm. to do my job and it's not my job to do the DA's job. And so that they don't really find that fine line in this movie. It's very black no. and white uh, as to right. we're going to meet. Cause she, she brings Fletcher in. Obviously that's the guy who's going to lie. And she's like, Hey, here's this, here's these two big file boxes. And you know, the partner committee is going to meet and you know, we've been thinking about you, blah, blah, blah. And here's Mrs. Cole mm -hmm. And he comes up with this entire story about, hey, this is what's this is this is how we're going to win your case, and it's obviously a whole bunch of bullshit and a bunch of lies. Mm -hmm. And and she says directly to him, "This isn't true. Is that a problem?" And that's when it becomes a problem. Yeah. Like when he's presenting his theory of the case, like this is a possibility of what happened here. Here's the narrative I'm going to give in the courtroom. That's not a problem yet until your client looks at you and says. This isn't true. Yeah, and, is that a problem? And that's when you can't do it. Okay, so yeah, because that's when you know for sure it's a yeah, lie. And that's illustrative of what we were talking about just a couple minutes ago, guys. Is once you have that confirmation of the path you're thinking about going down for a particular defense or whatever is not the truth, did not happen. That's when you have to pull the ripcord on that and say, I can, I cannot follow in good faith. 
that particular argument. Um, right. But may I just say, yes, you may. sorry, you were going to talk about more legal things. And I just want to talk about Jennifer Tilly and how much I love <laughs> Jennifer Tilly and her outfits and everything. Every time he said, just because of one small indiscretion. And she said in her voice, seven, seven. seven. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> I just, whatever, seven. I just, God, I love well, her. I love her so much. And her and him together were my favorite part of the movie. Just from a watching, oh, yeah. they had the best chemistry of anybody or any duo in the movie but no all i was going to mention was there is this thing particularly in big law and i want to talk about big firm law for just a second uh, about selling your client having a big client come in and having to sell mm-hmm. them on retaining mm-hmm. you or using you because you do get you know either origination bonuses or you get credit for the the cases you were working on or, or, or whatever it is and a right. big thing that gets brought up, and we haven't talked about it because we, you know, it, most of these uh, movies we've been talking about have been kind of criminal based. But mm-hmm. there's this thing in this movie, and you hear it a lot in TV shows, particularly, you know, things like suits. Like, I got to make partner, right? I, I, I'm mm-hmm. going to make partner. Got to get partner. partner. I'm on a partnership. Partner in track. five years. Right. And so I think we should talk a little bit about kind of how that works or explain to people how, like, what those big firm hierarchies work like. Um, Sure. So I'm sure being at a, you know, Tulane, a lot of money in New Orleans, a lot of, you know, big firms and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that you uh, heard this a lot in law school about like, what firm are you going to get an associate gig here? What do they start at? What's right. the partner track like? So what was your like, what what did you hear a ton as you were sort of coming up in the game? I mean, to be honest, like I, I was never ever interested in that life, even kind of like I, I always wanted to be some kind of government attorney because I knew what that life is like. I mean, you're supposed to get a 2L internship at meaning after your second year of law school, you're supposed to get an internship at the firm that you want. You're supposed to work for them for free. And it's like an audition. And then sometime in your three and then you're like guaranteed if you do well, then you're guaranteed a spot at that firm. And then you grind for five straight years and they own you. And like, I'm talking every weekend, every night, traveling nonstop, going everywhere for depositions and stuff. And then like, maybe you make partner is my understanding of that situation. And I had no interest in that. Like, who cares how much dollars you make if you never go home and or can travel or do anything with said dollars? I don't I don't understand. 100% agree. I never I don't understand that grind. I never wanted any piece of that. That was never something I was interested in. And honestly, even Jess wasn't like really interested in that. She was a teacher before we went to law school, and then she wanted to do education law, which is a fairly niche uh, mm-hmm. uh, practice. But after three years at her mid-sized firm, she moved to a gigantic nationwide, like fifty-eight offices nationwide employment law firm, and so she got you know that taste of big law. And this movie absolutely nails what it would be like to work for a huge firm. You can you can say Fletcher's a bad dad or a bad person, and I think that's accurate. But having to work twenty four seven all the time, mm-hmm. there wasn't a vacation in the entire time that Jess worked at uh, her big firm that she wasn't working on that vacation. That she would like mm-hmm. when we came up for your wedding. Mm-hmm. Anytime you didn't see us, she was probably working. We went on the cruise afterwards. Yeah, it's nuts. There were days like days. That we were docked, and she's like, "You can get off the ship. I, I can't. I gotta work on this. I have to do this. I have to work." Um, and you know, so you know, we're like in Juno, and we just don't get off the ship because you know, I feel bad. I don't want to mm-hmm. do that, and she's stuck in the room, and 
and and her mm-hmm. bosses know that she's on vacation. Okay. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't yep. matter. So whatever, you know, you start hearing these starting salaries of, oh, it's 130 or 150 or 180, you're making like 11 cents an hour. Who cares? Yeah, it's, yeah, it, I, it destroys mm-hmm. you. So this movie absolutely nails that. But typically the hierarchy goes, you hire on as a junior associate or associate, you move up to a, you know, like a senior associate position. Then maybe you become a junior partner, and then you become a partner, and then maybe you become an equity partner. And that's when you had you hear about buy-ins and things like that, where you have to put actual money in to buy into the equity partnership, and then your salary is tied to the losses and gains of the firm. There are some equity partners who will owe money at the end of the year if their book of business isn't right or whatever. I mean, it's just, it's a whole crazy ass game that people become obsessed with and it's all about making partner getting on the partner track and doing that whole thing Mm -hmm. partner 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 and then what and then you get there and it's just like it's just it's never ending it's awful i had a friend who went big law after uh law school and she was telling me that um and we lost contact because this is what it is but in the time after law school she was telling me about uh, a guy that worked with her in the firm and he wanted one Saturday to be able to go to like a baseball game with his kid or I don't remember what, but it was like some big baseball game that he wanted to go to. And he hadn't not worked a weekend in three years. And he just wanted one fucking Saturday afternoon. And they were like, no, you can't have it. We need you. And so he put his jacket over his chair and then set his computer so it would never go to screensaver and then taped his (laughs) light on. This is this is totally real. And they figured it out and they fired him. Holy after shit. After three years. Isn't that nuts? First of all, that guy's my hero. Uh, right? Big ups to that guy. But yeah. I that that's the culture. Like it's so stupid. It does not produce, by the way, I want to be very clear, it does not produce good product. It does not produce good no. lawyering. Okay, that is not what happens. It is absolute burnout. And there's a reason that there's turnover at those places, you know, like crazy. And they're always hiring. These big firms are always hiring mm-hmm. because they yeah. never hire enough lawyers. That won't Mm-mm. do it because, again, when you get the equity partnership, fewer lawyers. They just overwork the people they have. Overwork the people you have. Your profit margin goes up. Your equity stake goes, you know, higher and blah, yeah. blah, blah. So anyway, I did think that they nailed that partnership stuff. And I, I like Jess was so happy like i can't even begin to tell you the relief and the happiness she has had since she left that and just started i mean and there's different stresses with having your own shop which is what she does now but it's like she's like i can have a saturday i can i can take a Mm -hmm. weekend we can go on a trip we can do whatever and it's just been the the quality of life has been significantly better uh and, and i just it's it's awful it's fucking terrible it's a stupid system and it should go away um yeah so anyway okay he, he's right. selling the client. So, he sells her on this bullshit. He does this weird Tina Turner thing that somehow Miranda the partner is into. And then they like do sex that seems very sexual harassing. He seems like he's not into it. It's very awful. Yes. Um, from soup to nuts. Like, I don't know how she's into it. The Tina Turner thing is offensive at best. Um, yeah, it was and terrible. it's, it's the, the consent is dubious at best. Yeah. Um, but it's also the night of his kid's birthday party. The kid calls, or Mora calls and is like, it's the kid's birthday party. And he's like, oh, I'm at work. He lies. And then um, the kid makes the wish that he can't, 
he can't lie. This is the phone call where it's night where he is and day where she is across L.A. Okay. So he finds this out when he gets done doing sex on the lady and um, she says, that was great. And he says, I've had better. (laughs) Which is great. Yes. So they do a whole montage of him lying to people in the morning. Uh, the the lady that has the big boobs, uh, the the bum that he, he doesn't give money to. <laughs> Why does he just... like, I believe you'll buy booze with it. Because I believe you will buy booze with it. <laughs> I just want to get from my car to the office without being confronted with the decay of Western society. <laughs> it does have some funny lines. It's got some great lines. Uh, it's super 90s. And I always think that it's funny... And I didn't think this before, but now that I recognize the places that they are, the court that mm-hmm. he's always walking up the stairs and away from is mm-hmm. City Hall. There's no court in there. That's not a court. No. <laughs> That's great. The, the court, the actual court that he would be going into is across the street. It's not six miles away. Mm-hmm. It's literally mm-hmm. across the street. It wasn't a good filming location. It, well, it's not nearly as nice looking in front of it. I can tell you that right now. Yeah. Um, it's just a regular building. City Hall is beautiful. So, okay, now it's, like, the trial. It's Tilly's trial. Yeah, well, she's, yeah, they're doing, like, she get, he gets the boxes. Well, let's just call it a Friday because he's working the next morning yeah. with the kid and they, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then it's Monday, boom, we're in trial, let's go, which is... No, it has to be the next morning because it's within the 24 hours. Oh, that's right. So it's, like, a Monday oh. night is the birthday party. Now this is, like, a Tuesday. So what I assume is, like, it was the night before trial and Fred's telling his boss the trial plan and his boss is like, I don't like your trial plan. Let's get this other guy in here. And that was the night before the trial. Yeah. Should, which is nuts. Should, but I, it would not it would make sense why he had to work all night, Yes. Yeah. okay. Um, so, okay, now it's trial time. The, the prosecutor is like, I I forget what she asks, something like, what's, what's your case or something? Like, what, what are you, what do you, why do you think your client deserves so much money? And then he does a bunch of, uh, Jim Carrey stuff. So Um, can can we go back to that real quick though? Yes. Uh, Yeah. So this is the part of the movie where as a lawyer, I became all about this movie last night because This is where his internal, like my internal monologue as a lawyer was happening Mm -hmm. out loud and I couldn't stop laughing about it because there are times where I've talked to a DA and he's like, so, so what's your case? Like, what's your argument? And you met, you're, you're talking and you hear your words coming (laughs) out, but in your head, you're literally just going like, just making fart sounds. Yeah. It's It's nothing. Oh, I got nothing. He's so guilty. It really depends on if you screw up, guy. Like, I'm really hoping you're going to screw up, and then that's my case. It's all on video. (laughs) Just play the video. You know, whatever. (laughs) So, uh, that that sort of... that I loved it. I I fucking loved it. He did it. But... Uh, Yeah. When the judge comes out, and they say the honorable, and he makes a fart sound, that was great. Because we all know those judges where you're like... And by the way, have you noticed this? The, the worse a judge is, the more you have the stand and face the flag. The Honorable Judge John Doe is entering the courtroom in front of the flag and seal of the great state of California and the United States of America. All right. Like, it becomes super formal. And then the judges that I like more, that I think um, are more interested in the legal issues and really comprehend each and every case, seem to be less formal. They just kind of walk in and the bail will be like, yeah. uh, court's now in session. Like, it'll be that way. It's so funny to me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I think we also need to mention that this is a family law case. So there's no yes. there's no criminal law. It's like law. a divorce case. Yeah, it's a divorce no. case. Family law. 
And family law fucking sucks. Okay. It's the worst. I'm it's terrible. I'm currently embroiled, not personally, but in a family law mm-hmm. case because yep. I am taking. Uh, there's a restraining order issue, which that's what I am hired to do. They're obviously two family lawyers that are dealing with like the divorce and the child custody and, and all those things, but they inevitably overlap and I'm involved in, you know, some spillover litigation that is affecting my uh, restraining order stuff. And mm-hmm. holy shit. I get sucked into it a lot too. Of course. In, yeah, in the child protection realm. It is the worst. Man, divorce lawyers, I don't know how you guys do it. It blows my mind and how people practice family law. It is mind-numbing. Little tip out there. Horrible. I, again, we are not a podcast providing legal advice. This is life advice. We okay? are not. Just, no. This is sit down on the couch, have have a drink, and listen to what I am saying as, a, as your friend. Okay? This is not as your lawyer. Mm-hmm. If you are getting a divorce, if there's some sort of family law issue, all of them should settle. Because ultimately, that's what's going to happen from the court anyway. Okay? There's no guilty, mm-hmm. not guilty. There's no you get mm-hmm. everything, you get nothing. It, mm-hmm. Unless, I mean, how bad one side would have to be in order to get zero, 100%, mm-hmm. is almost unfathomable. I, I can't really come up with a good example. So... It's going to settle by the court anyway. If you want to save tens of thousands of dollars, because family lawyers do not want to settle shit because they're Mm -hmm. billable hours, and so you litigate everything. And by the way, I talk to family lawyers that I'm friends with. I ask them these specific questions in preparation for this episode. So this is is what they are telling me. This is not like Mm -hmm. some sort of animosity that I have towards family lawyers or anything like that. I, I know a bunch of them. I like them as people. I don't know how they do what they do, but this is what they're telling me. Like, we don't settle shit. It doesn't fucking settle. So here's the thing. Be adults. Figure out a settlement. If you can't figure out a settlement, then maybe go see a lawyer, but certainly attempt to be adults mm-hmm. about the fucking situation because the, the current one that I'm involved in right now is absolutely asinine. It's driving me crazy, and it should mm-hmm. settle, and it's not gonna. No. No, because people turn into babies yes. when they get divorced. They turn into children, and it's the worst, is the worst. But this is also the part where he says he wants a continuance because he can't lie. Yep. But he can't make up a reason why he needs a continuance, and he just yells at the judge, I would really, really, <laughs> really, really like a continuance. <laughs> and the judge is like, what's your good cause, which is the standard good cause. Yep. And he's like, because... I really, 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 really want one. And I've just like been there, buddy. Been there. Like been there. just don't want to do it today. I know. Is... I, I've had so I, I don't know if this has happened to you. I'm I'm not sure um sort of how it would have gone in military court, but I have had times where like it's either been something's come up personally or for whatever mm-hmm. reason you just need that continuance that day. And I would mm-hmm. talk to a district attorney, some of whom I'm friends with. Mm-hmm. But they're like, I have to object mm-hmm. because it's it's policy. I have to object to it. Right. And mm-hmm. so I'll be like, okay, can we go talk in chambers? Because mm-hmm. you don't want to put your personal shit on the record. Okay. You don't want to, there's mm-hmm. a court reporter there. So, you know, you sort of go in chambers and you're like, your honor, here's the situation. And occasionally I've been able to get a continuance sort of just by explaining. Just because you really, 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 really Just because really I want really, one. really, 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 really <laughs> want it. And yeah. the DA is like, I'm going to object on the record, but, you know, sort of in chambers wink, telling wink. the judge, yeah. like, I understand counsel's 
need and I'm merely objecting for the record. And so I'm not going to say it doesn't happen, but yeah, you typically <laughs> need like good causes is, as you said, and the older the case is as well, like as much, how much of the time, how much docket time has the case taken up is also. Right. Yeah. Well, how, yeah. How, how egregious of a continuance it is, is usually what the standard is. Right. But they, so since it's not settling, we're coming back at 1.30 and we're having a trial. We're doing it at 1.30, we're having the trial. Right. And they, they so, do say that it's district court, by the way. We do not have district court in California. We have... Oh, interesting. Yeah, district court is saved for the federal system here, which family law is never going to be in federal court. Uh, that's just, that's a state's issue. But yeah. we had, back at this time, they had municipal court still. Municipal court doesn't exist anymore. Now we just have superior court, appellate court, supreme court. Just some California-specific stuff since this... Uh, was That's set, what we have too. This was set in California, so just a little nug for you, in case you were curious. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Okay, so then um, he realizes he that what his problem is. He goes back to the office. The whole scene with the pen happens, which you've probably seen. Did you know that he he's written blue all over his face, but one of the blue it just says BB King I, I, on his cheek. Yeah, it's cute. It is. I, I saw I, that in the trivia. I enjoyed that. So he uh, calls the ex-wife to tell her that she's not actually picking up the kid from school anymore because he's got some problems. He admits to her that he was having sex last night and that he wasn't at work. She gets really mad and decides to move to Boston with Carrie Elwes, which, I mean... I, I would move to Boston with Carrie Elwes. I would, too. This movie really proved to me that there's nothing that can be done in my eyes to neuter Carrie Elwes. And they like, tried they in They can do movie. everything. They tried so hard, and it didn't work. I still choose him every day of the week. Um, okay. Also, I had this note. This is also not law-related. Why are all kids in 90s movies named Max, and where are the people <laughs> named Max? Because I was about this age, you know, like older than this kid, but not, you know, dramatically older than this kid when this movie came out. Right. I was like 12. Where are all this my kid's friends five. Max? This kid's 35 in the movie. You're like, I'm not dramatically yeah, older. You know I was I mean. 12. Like, I know people, I'm 35. I know people who are 30 now. Like, where are all my Max friends? Where are Max's? Max's, get out days? here. Hit us up. All those 90s kids were named Max. <laughs> At Movie Briefs you know? Pod, Max's. We want to hear from you. Where are you, Max's? I just feel like there should be more. I know they're out there. Don't email us and be like, I'm Max. And we know you're out there. Just like, we. It's, I feel like there should no, be no, more. No, no, no. When I say hit you. us up, I mean, give us your Max's. Give us your theory on where the Max's are. You need to expand on it. Oh, yeah, what happened I, Yeah, I don't Max's. want emails okay. that say, I'm a Max. Yeah, that's stupid. No. We know we know there are a couple. No, answer the know? question. Answer the goddamn question. Right. So <laughs> what have you done with them is the question. Okay. So that's when like he he's he's driving around in his car, he's trying to get to the kid. So she tells him in that phone call that the kid made the wish that he would he would never tell a lie or not for the day. Yeah. Tell a lie. So he's trying to get to the kid at his school. He runs a bunch of red lights and stuff. He makes a thousand admissions to the cop that pulls him over. We gotta stop though and we gotta talk about the pullover. Because okay. I don't see a ton of movies that we're going to do over the course of this podcast uh, concentrate on traffic court. But sure. traffic okay. issues I get asked about all the time from like, you know, friends or, you know, you run into random. I've done a lot of uh, traffic court. I was going to ask you that because I was assuming as a uh, as an intern at the DA's office, you probably did a ton of traffic court. No, as an intern at the Orleans Parish DA's office, what I did was mostly armed robberies. That's how sure. in. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that, as right. a student attorney, that's how in uh, need they were. Um but I, I actually, when I, I, as a military member, 
I was a special assistant U.S. attorney, which is a U.S. attorney that does just misdemeanors that happen on federal property. So for our military base that I was working on, if somebody got like a speeding ticket or like a reckless or something like that, I would go to federal court and prosecute that person in federal court as a special assistant U.S. attorney. All right. And you wouldn't believe the number of people that drive that hour and a half to federal court <laughs> to do their speeding ticket or whatever. You wouldn't believe. I'm going to be honest. I didn't know that was a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. If you if you commit like a small, low-level like traffic offense or whatever on a, on a military base, it depends on the base and the jurisdictions and who owns it. You know, if it's like a only federal or only military jurisdiction, different bases vary. But often you can be prosecuted by a special assistant U.S. attorney for your fucking parking ticket. So and that's what will happen. Yeah, I have about an hour and a half's worth of questions that I will ask you about later because I'm actually fascinated sure. with how that works. But that's not this Anytime. episode. So uh, I'm glad you have. I, I've, I've done some traffic. I try not to do, you know, the ticket clinic or the guys that typically, you know, 1-800-0 ticket or whatever. Mm-hmm. Those are the guys that end up, you know, doing most of the traffic stuff. But if you're pulled over by a cop, I get asked this a lot. If I'm pulled over by a cop, what do I do? Okay, you don't just have the right to remain silent if you are being accused of murder or armed robbery <laughs> or arson, okay? Right. If you're being pulled over because you think you were speeding, you have the right to remain silent. So if a cop yeah. comes up to you and says, and as a lawyer, holy shit, nominee for dumbest thing a lawyer did in this movie, uh, you don't admit like all the crimes you committed. Do you know, mm-hmm. a cop comes up and says, do you know why I pulled you over? Your answer nope. should be, I do not. Tell me. It's not your job Habeas to solve. Habeas corpus, It's not your job sir. to solve the crime. You have to okay? tell me. That's not what that means, but it would be funny. <laughs> That's what you said. Yeah, you don't have to give them the evidence. Um, you get pulled over for speeding. You, you know how fast you were going? I was keeping up with traffic. I have no idea. He has no, to tell no you. No clue, sir. Yeah. He has to tell you, okay? If you guess, I was probably going 70, you just admitted to speeding. Case mm-hmm. is over. Okay? Mm-hmm. That's done. So what he does, and a lawyer doing this absolutely blows me away, is... He was cursed. He was cursed. But here's the thing. It's that he couldn't lie. It's not that he couldn't... He didn't have to speak. It's clear that he has to speak or else he's not going to be doing all these like... Bleh, bleh, bleh. Like he's literally putting his hands over his mouth at some points in this movie. He does have to. If somebody asks him a direct question, he clearly has to say something. Okay. Well, it's still bad. Okay. He tried to keep his mouth shut about the pen, and he wrote blue all over his face. All right, that's you fair. know that's fair. But anyway, if you don't, if you aren't cursed, you don't have to admit all the <laughs> if crimes you aren't cursed. that you just committed. Okay, just as a practical tip out there. So anyway, yes, he's he's racing over to the mom's house and try or the kid and, and trying to figure all this stuff out to uh, no avail. Mm-mm, no, but he does get his car impounded, and I really liked this moment where the impound guy scratches his car and says, what are you going to do about it? And he's like, nothing. I'm just going to yell at you and be a jerk about it. Because if I take you to small claims court, it'll just be a waste of eight hours and $200. It was so funny. And he's correct. He goes through the whole small claims thing, which is like just a racket. And you can't sue somebody for scratching your car, even though you're entitled to and, and should be able to. And it should be successful. And you should get your money back, but you won't. you won't. It'll just be a waste of time. And by the way, and in California, I thought that was very funny. You are not allowed to have a lawyer in small claims court. I don't know what that's like in other states. It may be the same, but you hmm. cannot have a lawyer. You now, if you appeal a small claims in uh, California, you can then get a lawyer for the appeal, and the appeal is a retrial. 
You go to court, you put huh. on evidence, and it's just a trial with a lawyer. It's well, very... that's a colossal waste of yep. judicial Yep, I've done one of resources. them when I was first licensed, and it was like I went to some just to see, like, what, what do you mean appeal? Am I put, am I writing an appellate brief on a small claims? Like, I don't know what this means. And I was like, then why didn't you just let us do this the first time? What are we talking about? Mm-hmm. But anyway... So he tries to get the kid to unwish the wish. It doesn't work because the kid doesn't mean it. So he goes back to work. The His assistant or his secretary, uh, he calls her a secretary. It's his legal assistant. Um, she's like, your client called and he, he knocked over another ATM and held somebody at knife point. Do you have anything, you know, he, he wants some legal advice and he just screams into the phone, stop breaking the law. <laughs> Which wasn't even like that's not a lie or not a lie. Like that's not part of the lyingness. No. That's advice he's giving to somebody. That's not a truth or a lie. So that's just him. That's just yeah. that's just Fletcher. And and I've thought <laughs> that so many times. <laughs> oh my gosh. I have begged a person to just please stop. Because we kept they kept stopping the trial and putting more charges on it. <laughs> we kept having to redo everything. It's like they kept dismissing, dismissing all, you know, and then recharging the him. Oh my god! And it was just like I just had to keep starting from jump, and I'm like, just stop for six months, like just, just stop, like just for a little bit. So were they in custody? So you can go to jail and then stop. No, no one's ever in custody. Oh, that's in right, military. that's right, military. Because I'm like, is he like, just, just like fucking stop. up in jail or what? No, no, please, I'm begging you. And I, I was like. I was ready to go to the prosecutor and be like, put him in jail, put him in jail, like for his own good. I'm representing him, you know, like to, to minimize his criminal exposure. Let's just maybe wink, wink, put him in jail, yeah. please, please, please. But I didn't. But I mean, I think it would have been in his best interest. I think that would be zealous representation of this person. Lock. Anyway. Lock him. In please something. lock him up. So just we tie him to something. I don't know. Do it anymore. <laughs> code red. Give him a code red. Can somebody please code red? Get Dawson in here. He's really good at this. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, not advocating the murder. But we know what you were advocating. Maybe... You've been saying wink, wink a lot this episode. I think we know what you were advocating, okay? <laughs> Just wanted him to stop for his own good. I, I liked the guy. Okay, all right. So um, the secretary quits because he lied to her about giving her a bonus out of his own money, which is nuts that she thought that that was something yeah. that her boss should do. Although I do know a um, lot of legal assistants who take care of a lot of shit for attorney. Like she was buying gifts and basically handling his mm-hmm. whole life. I've seen that yeah, on occasion. I'm lucky I don't work with anybody like that, but I've seen offices where you'll hear like co-counsels, like you got a co-D case, you meet at their you know, office and you're hearing them say things to their assistants. You're like, you just want to look at them and be like, uh, dude, you don't need to, this isn't their job. No, Come on. This is stupid. But she does bring up an interesting thing where she's like, my friend had a burglar break into her house and fall through a skylight and then land on a butcher block that had a knife pointing up on her cutting board. And he cut his leg and she had to pay him five thousand dollars um and it's because of guys like you fletcher and then of course he she goes what do you have to say to that and he yells i would have gotten him 10 which was funny um but okay guys this is one of those like legal things this is like the hot coffee bullshit like the the mcdonald's hot coffee yes this has happened a burglar has broken into somebody's house and the burglar did get money for a thing but it has to be like a hazard 
it has to be like you open the door to the house and then there's a pit with spikes at the bottom that you fall into. Yes. Like, that's what it has to be. It's not like they trip and fall in your totally safe house and then they accidentally slip on something and break their arm and then you have to pay a burglar. It's not like that. No, I, I want to say the case that we read, I don't know if it's the same one you did. It's like you 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 trespass on someone's lawn, but they have a tripwire for a gun and the guy gets shot. Right. Yeah, there's gonna be some liability there because you're setting up you're setting up a gauntlet and that's It's like booby traps. Yeah. You can't have booby traps for people yeah. that break into your house. This that's case what that it is. She describes that guy did not get paid. That's a mm-hmm. take me to trial every day. Yeah, or even if like even if it's not an intentional booby trap, even if it's just like a really dangerous thing on your property. Right. Even if that person is trespassing, if it's one of those things where if, like, somebody just accidentally wandered on your property, the same thing could have happened, you're probably going to have to pay them for it. Yeah. Sorry. But the ni- having a knife um, on a butcher block. Like, having a knife on a butcher block on your own counter. Your kitchen, no, as, this would never As somebody happen. is actively breaking into your home, no. <laughs> yeah. That's From not, above? Yeah, like, that's no. that's not going to happen. Although, you, you brought this up. Have we talked about the hot coffee case? No. Okay, so I, I got all riled up about boys to men earlier. I'm going to get my second rile on right now. <laughs> Which is, any of you people out there who say the hot coffee lady was insane and she never should have sued because... uh, We need tort reform because of that. Yeah, we need tort reform because, of course, coffee was hot. means that you don't know shit about that case. Okay, she got screwed. McDonald's had been boiling this coffee way too hot for what? It was like 10 or 12 years they had had... Hundreds mm-hmm. of complaints had been settling these cases Hundreds constantly. and hundreds and hundreds of complaints. They had been settling these cases. People are disfigured yes. because of this issue. She was in, I want to say it was New Mexico, but I know that it was a chilly morning because she had multiple layers on. She spilled this coffee on her lap, had second and third degree burns from how on hot... On her vulva. On her vulva. And you know who got screwed in this case was her because the original judgment, I want to say was three or four million. And then on appeal, remitted mm-hmm. took it down to like 400 grand. And mm-hmm. it's like, no. I, I, like, so I, I all the jokes, every time I hear jokes about the hot coffee thing, I sort of get on the soapbox. I'm like, read mm-hmm. the details of this case because that woman was in the right, McDonald's was in the wrong, and she got screwed. Mm-hmm. That's my, Absolutely. That was my Sydney Ellen Wade. I almost, I almost went like, I got screwed. I almost... It was... <laughs> uh, almost Just there. Just slam that drawer. Yeah. Keep the sweater. Keep the sweater. Anyway. McDonald's. <laughs> Um, we did an episode about the American president on another podcast. You should listen podcast. to it. It's really good. Was that on your podcast or my podcast? I don't know, but... I think we did it on mine, even if we did do it on yours. It's on Heaving Bosoms for sure, yeah. I think. You should listen to it, guys. It's really good. Do it. We were spectacular. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, we were just... We were great. It's legal adjacent. It okay. <laughs> so, okay. um, Okay. So uh, this is this is where he stands up and object. Okay, we got a witness on the witness stand mm-hmm. who like uh, did an audio tape of Tilly having sex with some guy, and the the prosecutor uh, just like asks if he has the tape on him, and he's like, sure, and just pulls it out of his pocket, and they just pop it into a tape yeah, player. Yeah, this is how you do it. evidence. That's not how evidence <laughs> is. They don't mark it. They don't. No one knows what it is. It doesn't come. There's no chain of custody. There's All, nothing. Although I will say, in family law, it's like the fucking wild west. Like it truly there is. There is no jury, so it's basically <laughs> as long as the the you know there are still the rules of evidence. That's something I'm not sure we've mentioned. The mm-hmm. rules of evidence are the rules of evidence. There's not like family law rules of evidence. There's not right. criminal law rules of evidence. Now there's rules of evidence that may only apply in certain courts, like in 
in any civil matter, you can actually call the adverse party and and treat them as an adverse witness. Yeah, you can. You can't do that in criminal law. So that's one of those, yeah. uh, you know, special evidence codes that allows you to do that. But uh, no, you still like foundational requirements and things like that do not change depending upon right. what uh, level of court you're in. While he is playing this tape, um, Jim Carrey stands up and shouts what he believes to be wrong with the evidence, which is usually something I personally save for argument at the end of the case instead of shouting it while the evidence is being presented by the other side. I don't know about you. Yeah, no. Uh, is that something you just stand up and shout? Yeah, or? no. Typically, uh, the, if there's an objection, it's going to be like, uh, objection, lack foundation, and move it. Like, yeah. You know, then we get a ruling and we move on with the day. Like that's no, there was no objection. He was just like, this is my theory of the case. (laughs) So like the thing was playing and he's like, how do we, how do we know this isn't her husband? And then immediately she's like, you're so much better than my husband. It was so funny. And and Um, when he's got the the glass of water and he's like, oh, come on. Cause it's just so bad for him. (laughs) I've been there a million times where you're just like, you know, this video is going to play or, you know, something's going to play and you just go, I can't stop it. Like legally, I cannot stop that from happening. And you just mm-hmm. keep hearing, like, your guy go, yeah, I killed him. I crimed. I crimed all day. I kept criming. I thought about taking a nap, and I was like, fuck that. I'm on a crime spree right now. I just got to keep criming. And you're just like, Rampage. and you just want to look at your client and be like, when's this going to stop? And you know, because you've heard it before, <laughs> but you're like, I just, I want it to stop. Please. Oof. So. This is where he said, where he yells, I object because it's devastating <laughs> to my case, um, which is one of the best ones. That is the best I line judge... in the case. I had a judge actually quote this one time. Um, I had I, a victim in my case was a particularly was a young girl and her youth was at issue in the case. And I chose a picture of her around the si- time of the crime where she looked very young. And the defense, I was a prosecutor in this case, and the defense objected because and he said she just found the youngest looking picture of this girl from that school year i object and the judge was like government and i was like that's exactly what i did your honor he's correct and and the judge was like what is the objection that it's devastating to your case and it was great because the jury was out and he was like i it was it was wonderful (laughs) judge completely quoted liar liar it was the best and that's why you know no matter how crazy these movies are they're not all terrible like, they, they mm-hmm. don't yeah. mess up all the luck. Cause, I mean, sometimes, you know, you object, and you're not supposed to object without a legally cognizant objection, but I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I'm an angel. Sometimes I object. Just because mm-hmm. I need to stop this incredible role the DA is on. Just to... Yeah, I feel like when I put it up there, he felt the anger inside, and he felt, surely this can't be right. Yeah. And he said object, and then as soon as he was up there, he's like, yeah, it's, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> oh, it was great. So... Um, Okay. Then Jim Carrey kicks his own ass in the bathroom, mm-hmm. which is not the bathroom from Devil's Advocate. And no. I know that because it's a set, because when he throws himself against the wall, that wall moves, and it's a different color than the rest of the wall. I, did you notice I, that? I did notice that. I have a, t- I have a little uh, hidden gem for you on this. Oh, yeah? On this little tidbit. There were no sound effects used, apparently, in this scene. They oh, just God. put a microphone on, and Jim Carrey just beat the shit out of himself in the scene and so all of the sound is his head hitting things his body hitting things oh my god i completely believe that i do too Uh, that's nuts dedicated to the craft yeah so um he almost gets out of this because he beat himself up except the judge asks if he can still proceed and he has to say yes um that's an appeal all day brings in yeah this is there's some poor judging in this even though i like the judge a lot 
with mm-hmm. all this craziness going on, you need to stop the proceedings and and. I mean, the job. judge himself can see that this this counsel is unwell. Like the yes. judge should have like sua sponte stopped, been like, we need to go home. Um. Anyway, so uh, Tilly brings in a guy who says he'll lie on the stand and Jim Carrey apparently can't ask questions that he knows the answer will be a lie to, which is true for the law. 100%. You cannot ask a question if you know that the person will lie. Early nominee talked for, about this in Devil's yeah, Advocate. Early nominee for best uh, legal aspect of this movie, or most yes. correct. Um, but then he does find out that his client is younger than he thought, and that made the marriage contract null and void because she was not old enough to sign the prenuptial agreement or enter into a marriage, which does mean that it reverts to common law, and then she gets half? Yes, apparently. Um, I don't know about the common law aspect of that, but that would void a marriage. Yeah, so uh, as far as minors entering contracts, it's not as clear-cut as this movie leads you to believe a minor can enter into a contract, but there's definitely some caveats as, as far as usually these are employment related. So, you know, hiring an actor, hiring, hiring any kind of minor, you can, a minor can disaffirm. So they can like, they can sue you to enforce your end of the contract, but they can disaffirm their obligations under the contract. Typically they can disaffirm after they reach the age of majority so much as they do within like a reasonable time. So you can't have a mm-hmm. minor con- sign a contract as a minor and then wait till you're 24 and try to disaffirm it. But you know, there's stories about people out there like a 17 year old buying a car and then two weeks after they turn three weeks after they turn 18, that contract is null and void and they get their money back and you know, you can't hmm. contract with a minor with getting, but you can't get, I'm sorry. With the marriage, it's a little different, though. Yes. With the marriage, it's, you know, if a minor wants to marry, they can, but they do need permission parental from a parent or guardian. Also, and this is here well, in California. It depends on the state. Yeah. It, the age and everything, all of this depends on the state. But here in California, you would need, if you're under 18, you need parental uh, or a parent or a guardian authorization. But you also have to petition the court, and the court has to issue a court order giving you permission to get married. So there's interviews and things like that. So it's not just as clear cut as, you know, Tam Dog coming up and saying, Cole, it's okay, you're 17, you can get married. We would still need permission from the judge. So Hmm. uh, with respect to the prenuptial agreement, there's also, like, that's separate from a marriage contract. So the prenuptial agreement would be signed before you get married, obviously, prenuptial. But, you know, a minor could technically enter into one so long as they're either emancipated so if you're emancipated you could right. or if you were any if you were otherwise able to marry you can enter into this contract but i don't want to get too much into the prenup stuff but like there's a lot of rules that will validate a prenuptial agreement you have to have a certain mm-hmm. amount of time to have an independent lawyer review it you have to have you know all these other terms and and conditions that are included so ultimately this movie gets it 100% right because it doesn't appear that any of that shit happened. Right. Yeah, I don't... Yeah, it's it's too vague to know whether this is legally correct, but it's it's at least possible. And my question to you after finding out how Californian does this is, does this mean that a judge looked at Doug Hutchison and Courtney Sodden <laughs> and said, okay? Wouldn't you? <laughs> wouldn't you, wouldn't you be like I, long and hard I want, for a long time I want to see how this shit works out I think is what he put in the order it, it is so God, ordered I was obsessed with that train wreck for so long <laughs> This anyway I, I that's the first thing I thought of was like wow 
Where's now, that judge? Now, was that, that dude was like 50 and she was what, 15 or 16 or something? I think she was 17. Okay. She may have been 16. So I was way off. Um, I didn't follow it nearly <laughs> as closely as you did, obviously, but. I followed it very closely. Um, yeah. So a judge, I, now I'll also say this. I don't practice family law, so I, I don't know if that was the law then, but that was only like 10 years ago, right? Yeah, that wasn't that okay, long ago. Okay, so I, I likely, yes, a judge would have had to. And I don't know, was she emancipated? No. Okay. No, she had she had a real creepy mom and dad that were like, ooh, a movie star. She took his acting class first. A, a movie star? Um, a movie star. He, he did star in one of the movies we've talked about on this show. <laughs> anyway, all right, back on track, mm-hmm. back on track. Back on so. Track. After he after he gets her one point five million dollars in this divorce, then she says she wants the kids. Did, how much did she, she say? I thought one point five million. Uh, eleven point three five. Oh, I heard one point five. <laughs> Details, man. Sorry, eleven point three five million dollars. <laughs> it doesn't matter. A a, a bunch of dollars. In and the that's nineties money. That's for real money, right there. That's true. That's a lot. She says she wants the kids so she can get another ten grand a month in child support. And this makes him so sad because that guy's a good dad and she's a horrible person. And so he runs up to the judge and tries to approach the judge after court is adjourned and after the prosecutor has left. Yeah. Um, to like try to get him to change his mind. And actually, this isn't the only ex parte communication. He also called the judge again to ask for a continuance earlier in the day. <laughs> Which I forgot about that. You know, I curious to see as to whether that was like his assistant though calling the clerk or something. He's, he kept saying "Your Honor" on the phone. I was listening hard. Mm. He ca- he okay. acted like he was talking to the judge. Okay. <clears throat> but anyway, um, yeah, you can't you can't run up to the judge and be like, "You made a bad call," especially against your client's interest. Yeah, you can't it's, do that. It's real you rough. Can't do that. Especially because you know, in these family law cases, they're. They're over, but they're never over because you can always continue to ask for modifications of support. You can sure. ask for well, modifications. The custody trial is cu- pending. Yeah, the custody trial is pending. And he's trashing his client to the judge. And by the way, if you're the client, if you're Jennifer Tilly and you're like Aaron and you've taken Jennifer Tilly as your spirit animal in this particular movie, <laughs> then it's important that you, if you're asking for custody or you're going to ask for things, you don't act like a fucking psychopath in court because that mm. judge is going to be making the determination. Mm-hmm. And saying things like, you haven't paid for these kids yet as you're walking out of court uh, right. is going to be important. That, you yeah, know, don't take him by the arm and call him a little shit or yeah, something don't, like don't she do did. Yeah, don't do those things because you can sue for full custody, but you're not going to get it. Right. So No. Mm-mm, no. Uh, um, so then the bailiff arrests him and takes him to jail for freaking out in the courtroom, which wouldn't happen. No. He would just be kind of like removed and then deposited outside the courthouse. Yeah, and maybe, uh, con- he may be held in contempt, but it'd be like, uh, I'm now ordering sanction of $200 or something like that. You would think that the judge would say out loud that he's, because I've known a defense attorney to spend a night in jail, um, <laughs> <laughs> back in my Bayou Justice no, days. No, uh, not either but, one of us. I want to be clear. No, no, I, I, I'll tell you his name later. Um, but the judge has to say something on the record to like sentence somebody to jail. Like the judge didn't say hold him in contempt no. or you know anything like that. The the bailiff just did it. Um, so he's in jail. So now he can't stop his son from moving to Boston because his ex wife makes 
life decisions based on whether or not Jim Carrey can be there at 8 p.m. to see his son. So now she's going to marry Carrie Elwes. Well, and she makes life decisions, and I don't have a kid, okay? I'm not saying mm-hmm. that I wouldn't necessarily listen to a kid, but I probably... I can tell you my, my parents would not let a five-year-old make a life decision, okay? No. She was letting this kid drive the bus a lot on life yes. decisions. And then also, her other mistake... Well, let's just see. If Jim Carrey shows up today, I won't even marry this guy. Probably shouldn't be taking that into account. Yeah, that's nuts. Like, that's that's a real weird relationship you have with your ex-husband. Yeah, and first of all, that's Carrie Elwes. to go to therapy. That's a catch. That's a catch. That's a major like, when catch. When he does his sad little I love you on the plane, like, it's so pitiful. Like, it's so super duper pitiful. And, like, but I still, I still would have gone with it. I feel like you're not supposed to like... Carrie Always in this movie, which is not possible. That's why it's bad casting to cast Carrie mm-hmm. Always in something where you're supposed to be like, I hope he doesn't get the girl. Because even though he's doing that stupid, like, <laughs> here's the claw, the claw's coming at it. you. I, I love it. it. I I'm it. like, have the claw, Carrie, have the claw come after me. Bring the claw my way. <laughs> claw we'll, my we'll, way. We'll play claw. Get over here. <laughs> Just, All right, so then, like, him. he does this whole thing where he chases the airplane and he breaks his legs, and then he's he getting out on the tarmac, many, which is a crime. He committed so much crime, so many crimes. This is a really great way to have your own child either witness your death yep. or go to prison for fifteen years yeah. for all this. This shit is prison. That he did. This is not. But, this is not. He's out on bail, awaiting trial that next yes. year at the birthday party. But he knows it, too, because when the family comes up to him and he's on the stretcher, he's like, good news, I broke both my legs so they can't take me directly to jail. (laughs) Accurate. Yeah. Um, But uh, the funniest part of this movie for me was apparently he puts himself in a duffel bag to get carried off to the tarmac and, like, deposited (laughs) there, which is not realistic at all, but whatever. But him getting out of that duffel bag was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. It was so funny. It's because it's it's the redux of Ace Ventura 2 where he gets out of the rhino's ass. <laughs> I don't know why it was just so great. Yeah, like, that could be it. Every t- I, when, he, it when he jumped out, because I, I love Ace Ventura 2, and when he got out of that duffel bag, all I could think was, kind of hot in these rhinos. Like, I just, it's, <laughs> it's, he, like... As far as our generation is concerned, because we fleshed it out with the same generation, is <laughs> <laughs> so so. Okay, bro. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, I mean, best physical comedian. I don't know that that argument was settled, but sure. Best physical comedian of our childhood, like teenage years. Oh yeah, sure. Like yeah, definitely. just watching him do that stupid shit is just incredible. I love it. Yeah. I love Jim Carrey. I'm sorry. I'm not sorry. I'm not sorry about Boys to Men. I'm not sorry about Jim Carrey. <laughs> and I'm not sorry about the coffee lady. Stop trying to make me apologize for this shit, Matt. I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. And I love Jennifer Tilly. <laughs> and there we go. I think that's fair. Yeah. Anyway, so she breaks up with Carrie Ellis. Actually, he breaks up with himself. Yeah. She he says you don't you're not going to go to Boston then he leaves cuz he's a good guy. Well, he's a good guy and he's yeah. like this is not worth it. This kid mm-hmm. first of all, I don't think he's got the smoke in that right arm to be a baseball player, so I'm not worried about that shit. Secondly, <sighs> yeah. she's just annoying and this Fletcher guy's not going anywhere. So, I'm I'm yeah. a hospital administrator. I look like Carrie is. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to slay yeah, in Boston. It's going to be great. He's yeah. like I'm going to destroy Boston. I don't need this train wreck of a family. Yeah. Like, I don't need this guy over my shoulder forever. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I'll go find the nice people in um, Boston. 
Yeah, and he gets fired from his big law job, which is the best thing that could have happened to him. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, that's liar, liar. Yeah, yeah. I do want to say that the, the blooper where uh, the prosecutor, old swoosie, yes. uh, is... They're yelling names at each other, and she calls him an overactor, and he starts laughing while saying, while yelling Jezebel in her face. Mm-hmm. Is it was so his reaction to that was so charming to me, and I feel like Jim Carrey. I mean, he's a problematic individual to say the least. But yeah. like he, I was so charmed in that moment. Oh, he's super Jim Carrey, charming. He was guy. laughing, and then he goes, "They're on to me." Like, like <laughs> no, it's so good. He's got. Anyway, I just again, wanted to. A footnote on it. Not that WTF, uh, Mark Maron's podcast, needs any of our help, but he did an interview with Jim Carrey, and it's super interesting. Like, it's just an incredibly interesting talk, not just about Carrey's, like, stand-up career, but just a, a bunch of stuff, and he's a mm-hmm. wildly interesting guy who's definitely got some issues and, and everything, but it, it seems like every time I've heard him talk, he understood what the 90s were. Like, this is my run. I'm going to mm-hmm. get 10 years. And good mm-hmm. on you, Peter Weir, for taking a chance on him in Truman Show after seeing, you know, this. Mm-hmm. Uh, these yeah. dramatic beats, this being his reel. Um, That's what I'm saying. The guy took an acting class. Because I, I was, I thought, I've always thought for whatever reason, this is not, this is a different podcast. Welcome to <laughs> yep. another podcast that we're having. Mm-hmm. But I always thought for whatever reason that the Truman Show came after the Majestic, and it didn't. The Truman Show came oh. first. Well, the Truman Show came So sometime between this movie and that, no, it was, it was like a year before. Truman Show th- was like 98, and Majestic was like... 2000 i think yeah well i think it went truman show man on the moon and then the majestic oh yes it did you're right man on the moon was in between there yep you're right you're right anyway took an acting class for sure somebody Uh, signed him up for one and and by the way it it worked because he's he's a very very good actor um so awards we have awards okay all right okay i didn't think about it all right we're thinking about it now best lawyer best lawyer fred 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 who wouldn't lie is yes. the best lawyer. 100%. At the very beginning of the film. Yes. That is the best lawyer. I am going to take, since you took him, I would call second place probably Swoozie, who yeah, was the, the... prosecutor. She did fine. Well, okay. Oh, this is something I forgot to mention. So she's not the prosecutor. Uh, she's the... Uh, Sorry, the petition- plaintiff. Yeah, Sorry, the plaintiff's I keep attorney. calling her but, the prosecutor because that's they, what I'm used to. When they called the case... The plaintiff's attorney. They called the case Samantha Cole versus Richard Cole. So technically, Samantha is the petitioner... And Richard would have been the respondent, which means that... They call her the respondent several times, They call her the respondent several times, but when they called the case... So Uh technically, the way this should have worked was she should have had to put her case on first. Uh Uh-huh. And then Swooz goes to bat. Uh, I never noticed that. I only noticed that that they called her the respondent the whole time. Forgot to mention that. But anyway, I would say, you know, second, Swoozie Kurtz seems like she's a good attorney. Like, I I don't, she didn't do anything. She seems fine. Yeah, she She didn't didn't do anything anything bad. And she did the right thing where she, you know, her attorney's like, is this true? And she's like, yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, It is. That's true. Um, Yep. So yeah, we'll go second place. Worst attorney. Mm. Uh, I'm mm, Miranda, the partner. Is who I'm no going to go with. No doubt about that. No doubt about that. Um, and we obviously skip the scene where he goes around the boardroom making fun of everybody. It's just a dumb scene. Uh, it's stupid. Yeah. Um, what do they get most right? I truly love. I think. I think you're going to pick the 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 question and the lie. So I'm going to say. When the client calls and says, I robbed another ATM, what do I do? And he screams, stop committing crimes. 
It, that's so good. Mine actually lines up with yours. My most right is the inner monologue of a lawyer and him saying it out What's loud. your case? Like, like the yeah. what's your case, the saddle, 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 saddle. <laughs> saddle, saddle, saddle. And All like, right, but I will say... You can't you can't ask a question you know the lie to yes. is or you know that the answer is a lie is pretty good. Yes, that is very good. and and they kind of slid it in. They didn't make a big deal of that being a legal thing, which I liked. Like it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You didn't sit there and go under the laws of ethics. I cannot. It's a no. It just sort of fit in with everything. So I like that. Uh, most wrong. Oof. I. You know. I think it's the way. The. Uh. Just the way witness questioning, he would just like argue in the middle of his questioning and yeah. like stand up and just say what was wrong with it. He was arguing the whole time he was in the courtroom. Yeah. And, and so I'm going to say that. And that's a very common like TV law, movie law mm-hmm. problem is like these really long questions about that are just arguments. Um, but yeah, that that I think is probably accurate. I will say besides the sun both setting in one side of L.A. and rising in the other. <laughs> right. Um, yes most legally wrong thing because this this is a movie too when you really look at it it doesn't get a ton of the law wrong Mm-mm. um it it definitely like this is they got big law like big law firm life they they nailed that they uh they nailed i think the the contract question so i guess i'm just gonna say generally those like acting like that in the court and the trial not getting shut down immediately. Like, he's coming in acting really weird at the beginning. Any judge mm-hmm. on earth would shut that shit down immediately. Uh, mm-hmm. There would never have been a trial. There, I mean, there may have been, like, hearings about his uh, ability to proceed as a lawyer. Um, so, mm-hmm. maybe that. Just so we're not, you know, really picking the same thing. And then I did have a special award uh, about this one. Oh, please. Um, worst Child. Ooh, I'm going to have to go with uh, Max the Child. Yes, I'm going to go with Max the Child. I'm going to go with Max yeah. the Child. Um, he's... Although, one of Jennifer Tilly's kids looked like one of those Zack and Cody's. Was that one of those Zack and Cody's? <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Zach, Zach and Cody, Zach, I, I, I don't even know one who One of those scuba Steves, you know, like the kid from, <laughs> you know one that kid that's in the stuff. Steve. Those twins. Yeah, one of those scuba Steves. I don't know. You, I, one I of don't, those see, I don't watch these shows. All right, okay. I do. Right. I, I will well, say this. I, I watch Phineas and one of those. Ferb when it's on because I like Phineas and That's Ferb. That's a cartoon. That's what I'm saying. So you can't I don't be a kid them. from that. I didn't say it was. Look. All right, I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna figure this out and see if it was one of those Zach and Cody's. But yeah, hotel I felt I felt like Max was a little boys. bossy for a five year old. I feel like they put a 17 year old's voice in a five year old's <laughs> body, and I was like, mm-hmm. you know what? Watch you. Max, and the hair off. of a the, 70s uh, icon. Oh God. <laughs> It was incredible. It was like, no, it was like pre-Bieber. It was like thick Bieber, right? Like just yeah, so much yeah. in the face, all the yeah, hair. Yeah, so much, so much layers in the back, like oh. just uh, anyway. a lot of hair. So anyway, Max, wherever you're right. doing, wherever you are, I hope you're doing good. All right, guys, that that was liar, liar. Uh, Mac, what what are we doing next? I listen. We've gotten some distance from Grisham. Oh, I know. We've this done look. two non-Grishams. Oh, I know this look. I. I really want to get back to hot law, <laughs> hot sweaty law. So because... Gene Hackman, we're doing Runaway Jane. <laughs> yeah, so um, definitely John Cusack and Runaway Jane. No, I want to do maybe the Rainmaker. Do the Rainmaker? I love it. I love it. Maybe do the Rainmaker. Oh, I love the Rainmaker. 
Um, I will look up who the director is because I have no idea. But I am excited. <laughs> I'm just excited, <laughs> honestly, right. to get into the Andrew Shoe canon. I think it's time. I, I, I think, that, <laughs> I think that um, I. I've I've revisited the Rainmaker. I know every word of this movie. I've read this book multiple times. I think this movie may have something to do with why I'm a lawyer. It was definitely part of my uh, young lady experience. I think Is that, would would the word awakening of some kind be? I believe there was an awakening yeah. that happened. Well, because there's a there's a a flushness happening right now. There's a there's been a distinct change in tone and, and attitude and excitement <laughs> so many matt damon posters in my youth so um this is an important moment in my in my life the rainmaker I, i'm pumped like 1996 I, this is one of the movies that made me want to do this pod with you specifically um yeah and i'm sorry i can i can promise you that while we didn't rudy baylor we, didn't, <laughs> we i'm so psyched we kept this not to a buck, but Doing it's going to be... Doing that will a... with the old lady. She's trying to leave her money to <laughs> We're him. We're going to talk about oh, it. We're going to so talk much. about it next month. We kept this to a buck 20-ish. I can fucking yeah. promise you guys. Carve out three Carve hours. Carve out, guys. yeah. I don't... I, we. It may be our first two-parter. I don't know, but I can tell you that Max is going to be uh, driving the bus on <sighs> this one. Yes. So... You don't... Don't even watch it. I'll just... You just come. <laughs> You don't even need to watch. Don't even take notes. I don't need. Let's do it now. I don't need notes. <laughs> I love it. Let's start. I love it. Let's just. Can we do this in a tight hour? We're gonna do Rainmaker next. Let's all night. Just don't turn the mics off. Yep. So, all right, guys. Let's uh, do it. Next month, all it right. will be the Rainmaker. As always, you can find us at Movie Briefs Pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us at moviebriefspod at gmail.com. Uh, and keep subscribing, rating, reviewing. That really helps other people find us, see where we're at. Uh, we love the, you know, all the stuff you guys have been sending in. It's awesome. And uh, other than that, I think that's it. Yeah. So now are we in recess? I think we're in recess now. We're in recess. You, okay, bye. You have a gavel over there? <laughs> what? No. Uh, <laughs> Order. All right. Recess. See you guys. Bye. Adjourned. <laughs>